Welcome, everybody. My name's Christian. I'm the lead pastor here at City Light. If it's your first time here, I just want to personally thank you for coming. And uh, you can tell by our announcements, the two things we value most are serving our community and making lots of jokes. Those are really, that's it. It's why we exist, is to serve and laugh. That's what should be our tagline. So we're teaching through um, the Greatest Life series, and we've been kind of marrying this, de- this desire that exists in our culture to, to have a great life. I've said this before, but if you go on Amazon.com, top 100 books, and you look at, you know, even in the top 10, several of them are about how can I have the best life? How can I get the most out of this life? And so we want to we just scratch that itch a little bit here in church, but we're marrying it to this uh, great movie, uh, this amazing movie. And now, listen, how many of you, be honest, have seen it because we started doing the teaching series? All right, it's good. I th- four people, I feel like we are making an impact. This is, this is what it's all about. Um, so it's a, it's a great movie, and so we're taking a song from each one and kind of bouncing off that song to talk about a topic that hopefully relates to how can you have the best life. So we're going to watch this song. It's called Never Enough, and uh, after that, we'll talk about it. Um, all right, so that song, now let me just tell you, I, I accidentally, I, I, for, I kind of forgot that we were doing this song, and last week I said that this week I was going to play a super emotional song that is my favorite. That's not it. Just so you know. I like that song and all, but next week, I'm going to keep doing this, right? Come back. I'm telling you, next week's song, so good. Um, and that'll be the last one. So then we're going to be going on to another, uh, another teaching series after that. Okay, so I actually really love the message of this song. And where I'm going to go with this is this, that I think... Um, that we often have longings inside of us that are maybe cultural or maybe we're taught as we're growing up that, um, that will never be enough for what's really the desire of our hearts. So we're going to spend some time talking about that. And um, I, hey Janine, I don't have my clicker. Someone have the clicker? Um, so actually I was at a church where, and, and I wasn't jealous, but the guy went over and he would touch the TV Thanks. And seriously, Jonathan and I were sitting in the audience and we're like, is that what's happening? Like, are they just timing it? Or do they actually have a touchscreen TV? It's going crazy. That's what happens when Tyler starts uh, playing with the computer. All right. So, that was exciting. Man. See, it's just never enough for me. They give me a TV and it's not touchscreen. Anyway, uh, so here's the thing. I think a lot of times we're like this. If I just had blank, then I would be blank. You ever have that in your life? If I just had a bigger house, then I'd be fine. You know, if I just had more money, if I just had like, pick a percentage, 10%, 20%, what percent do you think would be enough for you to not feel this way? And what I've noticed in my life is if I get a, like a substantial you know, financial increase in our family, I do kind of feel better for like how long? It doesn't take you long to take that margin and be like, well, I've always wanted this, boom, and then your margin's gone. Same thing with time. If I just had more time, if I just had better kids, if I just had a better spouse, right? I mean, this is, I'm being honest. I know that's kind of funny, but like, you know, if my husband was like that guy, you know, if my husband was more thoughtful of, you know, whatever, I'm not gonna say anything bad about wives, but, um, you know, if, if I just had this, so I'll tell you, 
we lived in this, we lived in this a townhouse for a few, a few years. When we first got married and we're having our kids, townhouse was fine. But, um, but our backyard was like, you know, you, you've seen townhouses, right? It was like a square of grass. And then we had this neighbor. Have I told you this before? No? Okay, good. So um, we had this neighbor who moved in like halfway through us living there. And he decided to pave his little square of grass I'm not kidding, and make it into a kennel for his dogs. And so what he would do is, you know, the dogs do things. I'm not Jonathan, so I'm not going to say, you know, those words. Um, I know he would, but like they would go to the bathroom out on that. And then he would come spray it towards my lawn. I mean, I use the Lord lawn generously towards my square, right? And, and you, you, you couldn't go out in the back of my yard anymore because you could smell like in my yard, and then we started having rats. And they, they, they burrowed both sides of my fence. So these rats, there was like a highway of rats that would go from the train tracks to his poop infested and then back. And I would set these rat traps in the hole. And I kid you not, I caught more than a rat a week. I, I was like the rat exterminator. That's not really what the story's about. So I got so tired of that. Like we used to put a little baby pool out there and our kids would splash and play. I was like, ain't no way my kids are playing in this yard anymore. I want to move. If I just had a bigger lawn. You know, the other thing is that there was like a lot of crime in that neighborhood. It was just, the, just like the kind of people, like the, my neighbor. I'll just tell you one more thing about this guy. So he would turn up his volume on his TV so loud that like it was like a boom, boom, boom at like one o'clock in the morning while I was trying to have my kids, like little babies, stay asleep. And so I literally would go over at one o'clock in the morning in like my boxers. I'd, I'd probably put some shorts on and bang on the door and be like, hey, I've got like a one-year-old trying to sleep. Oh, you sorry. And I swear it got louder. I mean, that's the kind of people that I was living around. And I was like, man, if I just had a better neighborhood, I'd be so much happier. So we, we, we actually... Um, I got a second job. We were having some more money. We're like, we're out of here. We're finding a new neighborhood. So we found this new neighborhood. Now, I thought I had done my research. Like, you know, you, you check to make sure it's safe and the neighbors are good and stuff like that. So we bought this, we bought this house. And I was like, this is it. We're here. Right? We've got a big yard. The first night, the first night that we slept there, there were helicopters I kid you not, flying over our house, looking for someone in our neighborhood. It was like, and I looked out. They're like spotlights scanning my backyard. I was like, no, we went all this way, like three miles down the road. I don't know why I thought that would make a difference, but uh, we, we, we couldn't play in our, in our front yard without me being out there because there was criminals running around our neighborhood, literally. One time I went on a run, like for fun, and I got passed by a guy on a run for his life because the cops were chasing him. I am not making that up. There was this kid who lived in our neighborhood, not, not like down below our neighborhood, another neighborhood, and he would drive a four-wheeler through my yard at like 50 miles an hour. And I had like, you know, eight-year-old kid, 10-year-old kid, and a six-year-old kid trying to play out there. But I thought, if I yell at this kid, he might come back with people and kill me. Because someone got killed in the house across the street from me. My neighbor got robbed twice. This is just in eight years. Like, seriously, you can't make this crap up. I, a car was stolen on my street. And so I thought, man, if I just had a different house. So we moved again. Not as bad, but like the first day that we moved into the new house, I found like a used, uh, 
All right, I'm going to sound so stupid. I think this is the word bong. Is that what they're called? They use it for drugs, right? On the deck under our porch. I was like, are you kidding? But we haven't been robbed. No one's been killed. There's been no ATVs on my front yard and no helicopters. So, so far, so good. But this is how it is in life, right? If I just had this, there's these, there's these longings, these things we think will satisfy us. But here's the thing. It's never enough. Like we moved into this next house, this third house, and you know, it's safer, but it's smaller. And so now, you know, the human inside of us is like, oh, we just have more space. We're just a bunch of like three-year-old brats in bigger bodies. We don't really mature much. You're, you know, you're, so you think, man, if I just had, like, what are you longing for in your life? Some of you are longing for like a spouse. If I just had, or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Can I tell you a secret? It doesn't get easier. Right? Once you're married, whatever you think that's going to solve, it's not. It's not, you know, it's just going to add a whole other person's set of issues to your issues. You can't even take care of yourself. Right? If we just could have kids. I know some of you like really, really want kids. God bless you when you have them because it's a whole another thing, right? Like if I had, if I had a different job, here's the problem. The whole thing, the grass is greener. It's always not true. Because you know who goes with you to the other side of the fence is you. You take yourself. And oftentimes, we're part of the problem. If I just had a better job, yeah, you might get a better boss, but there might be something else. There's always something. If I just had more security, you know, if I just had more financial security, if I just had more recognition, you know, people just don't appreciate all the work I put into those slides. And then they get on stage and they make fun of how small the print is. Excuse me, you can't see it, you know? Jeez, looks different on a computer screen, all right? You, just, you can't get enough recognition because even when you get recognition, it's fleeting. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, somebody else is going to come along, you know? Accomplishment's the same thing. There's always somebody better. There's always the next shiny thing that everyone's going to be, you know, you're going to be forgotten about. So where do we get our satisfaction in life? See, if we're like, if we're like material things or recognition, or love. You know, if you think, man, once I'm married, I'll feel so loved. I'll have all my needs taken care of. They will always know exactly what to say, when to say it, and when not to say the things that they shouldn't say. That's totally not true. My experience as a husband is I know what, what to say at the wrong times and what not to say at the right times. Like, I am the total opposite. It took me a good 10 years to learn that when Mandy was telling me all her problems, she didn't want me to solve them. Like, come on. Can I get an amen? Aren't you supposed to solve problems, right? The quicker, the better. Let's wrap this up. I got some ideas, you know? Lo and behold, she just wanted to talk. I was like, I can, can I do that while I watch TV? Like, you know, that's also not allowed. Yeah. All right. I learned that one from my dad too. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a low blow. Sorry. <laughs> okay. What are we talking about? It's never enough. Um, so obviously, you know, we're here in church. I'm going to talk about Jesus, right? See, I believe there's a longing in every person's heart that only God can fill. And, and this is what we try to substitute in. This is what we're chasing after. And we're, not ch- we're not really chasing after love from a person. We want to know that we're eternally accepted, all right? We're not really chasing after riches and materials. We want to know that we're eternally secure. See, all the things that we're longing for are things that were put in us all right, so you might not believe this, and that's okay. Just hear me out. 
You know, even if you're not a believer in Jesus, that, this is still, I believe, true. From my worldview, each of us is built with a longing for more. And it's not going to be satisfied on earth. We've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go into that part. But here's my tagline for today. What if we set our heart and mind on things above, not on earthly things? What if we set our heart, our affections, our desires, our goals, our passions? You know, if you, if you just, let me just give you one example. Like one of the things I long for that I wrestle with is financial security. And, and I'm just, I've been really honest with that, with you guys uh, here before. Like, you know, um, it's just an issue for me. Like it's one of the things I struggle to trust God in. And, and even now in my life, I, I wrestle with this. And if I would learn to put my heart on things above, I would know that God has always taken care of me. He is always taking care of our family financially. But what I do is I focus on earthly things. And I get obsessed with things that cause me to have anxiety and cause me to have doubt and cause me to have worry. Is that life? Is that the greatest life that I just work, 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 and, I've, and it's never enough, and I get money, but it's never enough, and I'm never satisfied, and I'm always anxious. Does that sound like a good life to you? See, uh, one of the writers of the New Testament, his name was Paul, and he said, guys, I've learned to be content in all things. I've had much, I've had little. I've, had, I've been home, homed, and I've been homeless. And the secret to all that is Jesus gives me the strength in all those situations. See, if we can learn to set our heart and mind on things above and not on earthly things, it changes our perspective. So this is the verse we're going to read. This is also by Paul. Paul was one of the early Christians. Uh, he wrote about you know, a good chunk of the New Testament. And um, he writes to cities that he went to and started churches in. So this is a city called Colossae. And he wrote, wrote a letter back to them. And he's telling them some stuff. So here he is. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And he's just reminding them, your life is with Jesus. You've been raised with Christ. See, Jesus died and rose again so that we could have eternal life. That's the whole story. That's the big, that's the big story. And he's saying, listen, your eternal life doesn't begin when you die. Your eternal life begins right now, today. Jesus isn't saying, hey, become a follower of Jesus so that, you know, you get this great future when you die, but you got to like struggle through life. No, he's saying Jesus wants to have a relationship with you right now, day in and day out and walk with you. And there's this longing inside of us that I think even for some of us has been deadened. And I, so, whoa, that's a great question. Thank you, TV. Have you noticed this longing in your life? Here, here's, here's what I want to point out. I think because of the rat race of life, our longing that's supposed to be pointed towards God, that eternal, that sense of something more is kind of deadened and it needs to be awakened. But um, I think it's Tolkien, you know, the guy who wrote Lord of the Rings. He talked about these things called thin places where God and James, am I right? Yes, thank you. Where, where heaven and earth are closer. All right, now that's not literal, but I think he's saying, where are the places where you get that, ah, that sense of, ooh, something more. Like for me, standing on the beach and looking out at the ocean, it's just so grand. Or like once a year, I, I try to go for a hike in the mountains. And I'm, I'm really lucky because I get to travel. And so like I end up, uh, there's a church in the Rockies that I work with a lot. So I end up there or in California. And so 
you know, getting just away from everything and alone up on a mountain, looking out over a scenic view, it's just like, wow. You know, what is it for you? Is it music? Like, what is it th- that those points, you know what I'm talking about? Like those moments in your life, it's, it's, it's fleeting, but you get that sense. And you don't even have to be a follower of Jesus to know what I'm talking about. It's like this sense of like, man, I'm so small and this is so grand. Is there something out there? Is there someone out there that has a, a desire for my life? See, C.S. Lewis wrote, if we find, now if you don't know C.S. Lewis, he was one of Tolkien's uh, best friends and he wrote like the Chronicles of Narnia. So everybody knows that, right? If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Here's the thing that we believe is that God created each one of us individually. He didn't just like start things and like let it go and like, let's see what happens, you know? Like he's intentional and knows every single person sitting in this room and loves every single person sitting in this room and has a specialized plan for every single person in this room. Listen, this isn't something that you have to opt into. This is just true for you. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, whether you believe the Bible or not, that's okay. I can tell you with 100% confidence in my heart that God knows you, loves you, and has a plan for your life today. And what he's saying is, listen, we can live our whole life trying this. You can pursue money. You can pursue recognition. You can pursue accomplishment. You can pursue materialism. You can pursue love and relationship. Nothing in this world is going to satisfy. There's something else in you. And I'm just telling you now, and you might take the rest of your life to figure it out, or you might figure it out today. There's a longing for something more in all of us. There's a longing for God. Now listen, that's why we're talking about this. To set our minds on things above. Hold on, I thought I had another quote. There it is. Okay, so if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, here's the thing. We get all, all stuck on, I found Jesus, and often we forget to nurture that longing for more. I'm gonna read just another long quote. Sorry about this, but everything is made, this is from um, an, a Christian who, you know, he's a writer, uh, he's dead now, but A.W. Tozer is pretty famous. Everything is made to center upon the initial act of accepting Christ. So listen, if you're a believer in the room, listen to this one, okay? Everything's focused on the first thing you do. And we are not expected thereafter to crave any further revelation to, of God to our souls. See, our souls, no matter whether you've been a follower of Jesus for one minute or 30 years, your soul craves connection to God. Your soul craves relationship to God. In the midst of this chill, there are some, I rejoice to acknowledge, who will not be content with shallow logic. They will admit the force of the argument and then turn away with tears to hunt some lonely place and pray, God, show me your glory. They want to taste, to touch with their hearts, to see with their inner eyes the wonder that is God. Man, isn't that a great sentence? They want to taste, to touch with their hearts, to see with their inner eyes the wonder that is God. Some of you are sitting in this room today and you're like, man, I don't know how to do that. I wish I could see and touch and taste the presence of God. We're going to talk about it. I want deliberately to encourage this mighty longing after God. Actual desire must be present. Oh, there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be wanted. I've talked about this last week, but God isn't someone who pushes you around. He's not going to force you to pursue him, but he will pursue you when you pursue him. So let's go back to our statement. Set your minds on things above, not on earth. Oh, wait, that's not actually it. Here it is. 
Wow, where'd it go, guys? Set your heart and mind on things above non-earthly things. Oh, it is the same. Yeah, I knew that. All right. So this is actually, I stole it from the, begin, the, the middle of this verse. So we just talked about set your hearts on things above, or Christ is seated. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. There's this distraction, okay? And here's what I want here's what the next step I want to take here. If we're really going to set our hearts and our minds on things above, it's a discipline to not set them on earthly things. So I am visual. So I brought something to do some visual learning. This is your soul. This is your soul on drugs. Just kidding. That's an old, old commercial. Some of you are like, what? The rest of us are seeing what? Eggs, right? Okay. Um, I need to move this. Okay, that seems like a safe place. All right, so you crave God. You crave the presence of God and eternity. And so we're going to call that water, all right? So this is what you're looking for in life. True, and isn't this true about our bodies? Like, what's the best thing to drink? Water, right? But actually, I was just on a, on a trip. I went to Syracuse this week, and so I had to drive for five hours by myself. And so in order to stay awake, I, like, ate and drank a bunch of junk, basically. And by the end of driving that long, do you ever get out and just feel totally disgusting? So, like, this is what I'm saying. I feel like we have this longing for God, and yet we try to fill it with other things. So we're like, because maybe we haven't been taught that it's for God. Maybe we know it, but we're too busy. And we think, oh, I accepted Jesus. I'm good. I got the pass. I'm in. Right? And so we, we like, but then we keep feeling like that. I'm not satisfied with life. So we, we pursue some money. Just going to tell you, I got a gift card up here for whoever drinks this. All right? And then, you know, we pursue, I don't even know what this is. It's blue. We pursue love. I hope this explodes. That'd be awesome. All right? What could chocolate milk represent? Oh, that smells so good. All right. Oh, yeah. A little bit more. We'll call that um, security. Okay. Um, Acknowledgement. This is mine right here. I love when people say I'm doing a great job. I love it. All right. Love it, love it, love it. And then there's things that look, we're going to call this, watch this, it's going to be good. I actually just made this up. We're going to call this religion because it looks healthy. But if you only drank Gatorade, you know that'd be bad for you, right? See, it looks kind of healthy like water, religion, but honestly, you're not looking for religion. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with your loving what word can I use? Loving father? I mean, some of you have father issues, so that like, is, is twingy for you or cringy or whatever the word is. You know, you're loving heavenly father. You're loving God who wants to have relate. Whoa, that's really full. Okay, hold on a second. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That was amazing. How I couldn't pick that up after eight tries, I have no idea. All right, who's in? I, I, seriously, Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Yeah, Brandon, the first stand I saw. Let's do it. Oh, yeah, baby. No, dude, you don't, just sip it. You know, I, don't, I mean, unless it tastes good. I mean, what's, here, I'll do it with you. I'll do it with you. You ready? It can't be that bad. Here we go. Yeah, it's not that bad. 
Yeah. Bottoms up. Woo! There you go. I feel like the Fanta really stood out. What did, Brandon, would you agree? That was really, that was it. Okay. So, in a year, you'll remember this, but you'll have no idea what we were talking about. He did something gross. All right? But this is what our bodies crave, not that. And this is what your spirit, your soul, whatever you want to call it, your inner person. Now listen, if you're here today and you're not a believer and you don't believe anything spiritual and you, don't believe, you just believe that you're biological, that's fine. I would just challenge you to try some of this stuff out. I am convinced that there's more to me than just my body, that, that there's something spiritual. And I believe that God is longing to have relationship with me and that I am longing, that I was built longing to have relationship with him. You might be here today and be like, man, this makes, like, this sounds right. This makes sense to me. Like, I get it. Like the ocean and the waterfalls and, you know, money and light bulb. Like, seriously, this might be a light bulb experience for you today where you're like, I haven't been pointing my heart. See, here was so cool. Now, listen, I don't do this very often, but the Greek word here for minds, it means mind. Just kidding. That was a joke. Um, it's, a, it's a little Greek humor. Uh, no. Whoa, I changed it with my foot. So it's, it's actually heart and mind. There, there's a Greek word phroneo, which is like your affections and your attentions. And so it's like all of, you, all of what you are, like pointing it towards God instead of towards stuff and earth. Another great analogy that I think of when I think about this is like, have you ever like, um, I don't know, done anything, like driven a car, ridden a bike, gone on a hike? If you focus all your attention on the immediate, what do you do? You crash into stuff or you fall. Like, what do you do? You look ahead of you, right? Like if I was, if I, um, one of my favorite hikes is um, in... Um, I can't, Glen Anoka, that's what it's called, in Jim Thorpe. And, and you, but you have to hike for a while to get to the waterfall at the top. You know, if I was just so focused on the immediate, I'd be like, man, this is hard. And I would just leave. But I know I'm focused on what's above. I've set my mind not on the climbing and the heat and the walking. and I've set my mind on something above, something beyond, something more. See, our vision is full of taking care of the kids and getting the dog to the potty and, you know, outside, not the actual toilet. Um, I don't know why I said that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, making money and, oh my gosh, will we have enough for retirement and, and another medical bill and uh, oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to meet someone who really understands me. I'm just so creative and down to earth and, um, you know, uh, I've been dating this guy for a year and I, I think he's kind of a loser, but I'm too afraid to get out of it because I don't want to be alone. We got so obsessed with all this stuff. Did I get anybody in that one? Yeah? Okay. But there's just more. Could you just lift your vision, like your internal perspective, higher? Wow, that really tastes bad now. Oh, I'm going to need a mint. Okay. So this is the third verse of that section, Colossians, 1, Colossians 3, 1 to 3. For you died. So he's saying, set your hearts on things above, your affections, your attention. Set your minds on things above. What you think about, what you desire, what you want, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. This is kind of weird because obviously he's not writing to dead people, right? So they didn't actually die. He's saying your old life that chased this, 
okay? Your old life, when you, this is what baptism's all about, by the way, and next time we're going to baptize in this, all right? So look forward to that. Um, you, baptism's a symbol. It's just, it's a symbolic, when you go under the water, you're saying, my old life, I'm setting this down. I am dead to the pursuit of all things earthly, and I am alive to the pursuit of the things of God. I will pursue who God is. What, what are the things above? Think about, okay, how much time do I have? None. All right, so the things above are the things of God, the things of Jesus, like justice and wholeness and healing and purity and provision, and you could go on and on. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is, this is a look forward to the end of time when Jesus does come back. Will we find ourselves in him? But I also think it's a right now statement that says, as you pursue God, as you look up, you will find the true you. The true you, I'm convinced of this. The best that you can be, the greatest life that you can have is hidden in Jesus. And when you look into Jesus, when you pursue Jesus, when you cultivate a relationship with Jesus, you find yourself over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. He is the king of reminding you who you really are. And it's so easy to get trapped in other things. So worship team, come on up. Oh, I'm supposed to say City Light Band. Come on up. Still, still doesn't work. Sorry. All right. So how do you do this? I actually want to give you something really practical today. Um, can, I, can you start handing those cards out, Becca? So I want to just confess to you that I am not good at this. And I, I don't have a lot of discipline when it comes to creating some sacred space, sacred time, and sacred rhythms in my life. And, I, and I'm the worst off for it. And I know that I need him. So I've got some friends in the Vineyard Movement who... Um, are really well-versed in something we call soul care and spiritual direction. That sounds kind of new agey. Can you guys keep it down? Jeez. Um, they're like... <laughs> so I'm going to give you this card. And this might, sound, this might sound a little bit weird. Maybe if you have some Catholic background or Jesuit background, you've heard of this. It's called an examine, all right? Um, but what an examine does, and I'm going to just give you this as like a little gift that you can try this week. Just try it. I, I want to challenge you. This is what I'm going to do because I've actually never done this either. All right? But I got this from a friend of mine. I'm going to do this once a day this whole week. And I'm just going to invite you. Even if you're not a believer, you can do this. So here's what the examine does. Look up here just for a second. It breaks the autopilot cycle of life. Okay? Where we're just like, you know what I mean? We're just flying. This requires you to create some sacred space in your life. To sit down alone for five minutes. Now listen, I know you're like, but my kids are, you know, my hands are full till 10 p.m. Or I'm in school, you don't understand the homework. You know, it's summer, so that one fell flat. But, um, or whatever, I'm, you know, I'm really old and I fall asleep early. I don't care what, you know, I know you wake up early. So find time. For me, it's the morning. For some of you, it's the nighttime. For some of you, I don't know when you're going to find this time. But there's, a, there's plenty of excuses. But you know what I found in life is we make time for the things that matter to us. So you, this is one of those things you can't afford not to do. We can't afford to not take care of our inner self. You can start playing if you want. So it breaks the autopilot cycle and it starts to cultivate a relationship with Jesus. So I'm just going to run this over with you real quick. We're going to go five minutes over today. So because I still, I want to give time to respond to this. 
But what the examine does is it's five steps that you just get alone somewhere. You can spend one to three minutes on each step. It's not meant to be an hour long. And again, I was telling you, you don't have to believe in Jesus to do this. But if you do believe in Jesus, you just invite Jesus into this. So you're setting your, you're intentionally setting your heart and mind on things above, not on earthly things. So you start with stillness and you quiet yourself and you just invite Jesus into that moment and you become aware kind of of your emotions, of yourself and God. Then you move into gratitude. You look back over the day and you think of one thing, you can do more than one, but one thing you're thankful for. So, you know, an example could be like, thank you, God, for my children. Thank you, God, for the air that I breathed today. Thank you, God, for that thing that went well at work today. I won't get into this, but there's so many studies about how powerful gratitude is. So you start with stillness, move into gratitude, then you move into reflection. We start to reflect back on the day. All right, and you start to look for one thing or two things that maybe you wish you would have done differently. I think I did reflection wrong because I don't have the card in front of me and I don't have it memorized because I've never done it. Reflection is where you look at how God's been working in your day, right? Oh, it's reflection on yourself. Good. So you're looking into how, how, am, I, how am I feeling right now? So you think about this. And this isn't this a weird thing. I never do this. How am I doing right now? And, and like, be honest with yourself. Oh man, I'm a little bit frustrated. Why am I frustrated? See, it's dialing in past the autopilot cycle. Joy and sorrow is you look back and you think, is there, is there one thing, man, that I just kind of regret? There might not be. But if there's one thing that you're like, man, I, I, I didn't speak so kindly to that person or I, I really made a bad decision here. And it's a chance, instead of like when you're falling asleep at night and you're replaying all the things you wish you hadn't done, you know, it's a chance to be intentional and say, you know what, I'm gonna take a little note. I'm gonna call that person. Or I'm just going to pray, Lord, will you just forgive me for that? And then we move into hope, which is you just say, I'm going to invite you, God. And if it's in the morning, you know, into your day. If it's at night, into tomorrow. I'm going to invite you into tomorrow. What's something I can look forward to tomorrow? The examine is actually hundreds of years old. St. Um, Ignatia, I think is his name, started this. It's called the Ignatian Way. And there's great, there's great depth to just making sacred space and time in your life. This could be brand new for you, and that's awesome. I hope it is. If you've never even paused in your life to think about your, your spiritual self, this is going to be so good for you. It's going to be so good for you. And for those of you who have been having time with God over the years, like me, and it's gotten a little bit stale, this is going to be so good for you to breathe new life, a new rhythm into it. Let me just tell you, the reason that taking a couple minutes a day to do this is so powerful is that you're breaking the cycle of looking down. It's like being on the hike and working hard and working hard and just pausing to look up and be like, whew, I can see it. So it reminds you of who God is. It reminds you of who you are. Listen, if you're a teenager, you should start doing this. This is so deep and powerful take some time this week. If any of you try this this week and you have questions, I want to open up. Just email me. I would love to dialogue with you and help you through it if you have questions because I'm going to be doing it. So I'm going to do that each, each day this week. Okay. So you, response and reflection time. Here's a couple things you can do. We're going to sing one more song so you can sing. We're going to, or you can get your card and in the next five minutes, do it. 
Just sit there in your seat and do it. Or you can receive prayer. So if you feel like, man, I want that longing for God, or I feel like I've been kind of blocked or broken, go on over there to the prayer wall. And all that we do is we pray for you. We don't ask you to pray. You just go over there and be like, hey, can you just pray for me? And they will pray for you. So let's stand together. Jesus, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you that you desire a relationship with us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that no matter what baggage we feel like we're carrying, that you look right past that and that you love us and that you are proud of us, that you desire a relationship with us. God, I pray you would awaken our longing for you.